Hi everyone, this is Tony. I'm the Dungeon Master for D&D Raw, and with me today are the following players. Hi, I'm Chris, and I'll be playing Orc Fireforge, the Hill Dwarf Forge Cleric. Hey, I'm Rachel, and I'm playing Dahlia Restrick, the Asimar Phoenix Sorcerer. Hey, this is Nick, and I will be playing Luvin Cromdell, the Half-Elf Alchemist Artificer. Next time, we'll be Sharp and Quill, Episode 21. Join us now for Rumble Squad, Episode 2-13. Kill them with kindness. Last time, the party had the chance to wind down and still celebrate Dahlia's birthday and really got to enjoy themselves, not having to worry about a job. They did some downtime activities, acquired some loot and some letters, and overall had a chance to relax in a place that was not the Regorum Woods. Between the three of you, you guys are taking time, you're setting up shop, you're selling stuff um, in your off hours from promoting the Holy Forge, selling items, in Oryx's case, crafting items as well. Focus on uh, Dalio. You wanted, I believe, to go and just see if there's any interesting kind of like art or cool little items that might have a little more value to them? Yeah, so the idea is I want to go like garage sailing and see if I can find something that somebody's like, oh yeah, I've had this old lamp, you know, for like decades and it's ugly, I'm getting rid of it. And I'm like, yes, please get rid of it for a song and a dance, it is ugly. And I take it, but I'm like, yes, it's actually like this priceless heirloom, blah, 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 from such and such dynasty, you know, like that kind of idea. <laughs> Roll me three investigation checks, This or three investigation or three persuasion your choice. This is the idea that you're asking around to see if there's anyone that would have anything interesting to sell, like an heirloom, and they might need, you know, they're, they're looking to get rid of stuff. That's kind of weird. I'm going to do persuasion, because I'm better at that. <laughs> That's fine. First one is a 17. Second one? 15. And third one? Nat 20 for a total 27. Awesome. So, over the course of several days, as you're kind of asking around, I'm going to mention ahead of time, you find three... Separate people selling different things. They hear that you're asking around and they say like, oh, we'll, we'll bring you the, the item that, that we were talking about. So you, over the course of this time, you're going to get three different people who are looking to sell this uh, antique, this valuable thing that they just she's trying to get rid of it for some. The first one you meet is Bullhild, female dwarf, tall, muscular, this kind of, you know, mercenary garb, definitely like road beaten gear like she's used it and used it and used it it is worn to all get out her hair has been like sun bleached extensively and her eyes are like a little pleasant violet shade and she comes up and she brings you this small game piece uh, that looks like it's in the shape of a kobold this is a hematite and she shows you it's this little iron looking figure it was given to me by my grandmother and she said to cherish it but well at this point uh, i'm more on the road than i am taking care of game pieces i have other things i'm looking to see if uh, you'd be willing to buy it this and she kind of holds it up it has this reddish black surface it's roughly hewn 
but it's clearly enough a kobold. I would offer my hand to see, you know, may I take a closer look at it. Hands it over to you. So I just kind of turn it over, look at, like, the quality of it, you know, just inspecting if there's any, like, small etchings in the bottom, like, maybe by a crafter or something. You know, I'm basically just trying to assess it. Roll either investigation or history, your choice. I'll go with history. 13. So looking over it, looks like the material's fairly common. It's an iron piece. Uh, you know, it's very popular with with all sorts of dwarves. It's very common to use iron in, like, little small knickknacks and stuff like that. Based off your understanding, someone inexperienced make this, so it's not super valuable. It's local, maybe a hundred years old, a couple hundred? It's old. You'd value it at about five silver. Do I know what game it's part of and if it's, like, basically, like, you know, is there any worth in it being by itself still? Or is it, like, you have the knob to a door, therefore you have nothing? There's some value in and of itself. Like, it itself is valuable for five silver. Uh, You could potentially sell it to a collector for a little bit more. It it seems like, from your understanding, just to be this old uh, game piece, possibly, like, similar to Cataclysm and how it's played. Okay. You know that they used to play a game called Dragon's Chess, but that is no longer popular. So, after I'm done kind of turning over, you know, hand it back to her. How much are you trying to get for it? Well... I'm hoping at least a gold piece for it. Mm. No? Well, it's a very lovely piece, don't get me wrong. But it's, without the rest of the board, it's, you know, not quite worth as much. You know, I, I think anywhere between three to five silver. Go ahead and roll Persuasion. Twenty-five? Three silver for it? You know what? It was an heirloom. I'll give you four silver for it. All right, you got a deal. And she will hand you the piece for four silver. I'll fish out four silver. So you have a, uh... A weird kobold piece. Does it fit in the tiny box that Leuven gave me? Yes, actually. Yes, I'm gonna stuff it in my tiny chest. All right. So, asking around, you come across Brazik. This male dwarf, bulky, you know, might skip other days, but does not skip leg day. <laughs> Wearing uh, simple brown clothes, a lance kind of slung over one shoulder, uh, smooth white hair, relatively long. Brings you this iron amulet and kind of like comes up to you. Hey, this, this is an iron amulet of prophecy. Holds it out kind of carefully to you just so you can uh, look at it a little bit. Again, hold out my hand like to see if he'll let me actually hold it. He kind of like pauses a minute, like uncertain, and then carefully hands it over to you like delicately. And I would take it and I'm obviously treating it very gingerly, not like swinging it around on my head, like, let's chest it out! So as you're looking at it, he just goes, this I bought from a traveling salesman who told me of its great portent. It's smooth, you see, along the edges, and it's old, so it does flake if if you are not careful with it on the, the polished iron. Then you turn it over and he kind of points, uh, and in Dwarvish it says, the dwarf who drinks deepest will wear the crown. So you can go ahead and roll an investigation or history check. Do an investigation on this one. 19. So as you turn it over, you are being careful, but you do feel some of the, and I use this term in quotes, iron, Mm. flake a little, and you notice there's soft wood underneath. You turn it over, and you see very worn away, but written underneath the prophecy is the wolf's house. Now, 
you've passed by the wolf's house. Actually, it was a tavern that Oric had suggested at one point, but knows it's not the better ones in the city. And you even remember him mentioning that there's this massive drinking competition from, like, a few decades back as a way for the tavern to draw in business. This looks like a cheap victory prize for whoever won that competition and is therefore basically worthless. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to you know, keep it with pretense like I'm studying it, still being very, very careful with it, and offer it back and be like, so how much are you looking for it to, to get for it? I, this this is a very valuable item. The prophecy will come true. I am looking just for 20 gold pieces for it. Ooh, 20 gold. See, problem with that is it's a local prophecy more than anything. It's it's not really going to sell outside of here. No, but it just, see, it, it, it says on it, the dwarf who drinks deepest will wear the crown. It could be any dwarf in any city. So, I'm not very tall, but I'm taller than him, I'm assuming. He's a little hunched. A little hunched, so I'm definitely taller than him. Yeah, you're definitely taller. So I'll, I'll just kind of lean down and be like, yes, but the problem is that... A dwarf drinking deep means nothing to me at this moment, as clearly I am not a dwarf. But you must have dwarven friends, yes? Mm, I do, but they're more into the smithing. He smiles and he knows he is missing some teeth. Oh, more into the smithing and, and the praying rather than the drinking. All right. I cannot force you to drink from the water, but know this. You have turned down a very valuable item. And he kind of like carefully wraps it and tucks it away and will. I do hope you find a, a, a buyer for it, sir. Uh, I'm sure he will. <laughs> Pat him on the shoulder and he wanders off like, mm. <laughs> Your third uh, interested individual, a dwarven woman, husky woman wearing dark clothes, heavy breastplate, keeping like Basically, a lot of her physical features are just obscured in her clothing. She's all baggy and and bulky. Simple wavy auburn hair. She comes up with a crystalline vial. And inside you see like this kind of golden thick liquid. Uh, The vial itself is hanging from a leather cord around her neck that she kind of like picks up and shows you. And she comes up with, Bardrin, a pleasure to meet you. I heard you were looking for... uh, Trinkets of interest. I have one such trinket. It is this vial I won in a contest many years ago. And, well, she holds it up and you just see this kind of shimmer and sparkle to the liquid. Same as before, can I offer, you know, may I have a closer look? It's very pretty for sure. Be careful with it. It's, it is it's valuable. And she will kind of hold it carefully by the leather strap and hand it over to you. Yep, I'd take it and look it over. Investigation or history check. Do an investigation on this one again. Um, 15. Looking it over, you kind of tilt it. This actually looks like something valuable. Probably one of the more valuable things you've seen. You tilt it back and forth a little bit. It almost reminds you of an ooze. Like those creatures that move around and seem to like burn things away with acid. It gives you that impression, the way that it just kind of like is congealed almost. Tilt it back and forth. And it has hints of sparkle to it and makes you think it might be magical in some way definitely intrigued kind of look it over it looks like it's could be some sort of potion for emergency use was it its original intent 
after I've gotten, you know, a pretty good look at it, I'll offer it back to her. So, how much are you trying to get for it today? Well, due to the value of it, I'd be looking at 200 gold for it. I didn't get any sense of how much it might be worth. Based off of the value, roll an arcana check. 15 again. While you are not 100% certain, it's entirely possible Luven might be able to use this for something and maybe study it. This potion, the way it's made, could provide resistance to acid damage and immunity to lightning and slashing damage temporarily, which makes it much more valuable than 200 gold. So, you know, she says she wants 200 for it. I'm like, oof. I mean, do you know exactly what it can do? Or, I mean, I'm not entirely sure of the properties of it or if it's just a pretty bauble. I, I know what it can do. I mean, if I had to take a guess based on the color and its movements, I definitely think it's probably going to just make your hair grow longer. It's not a super powerful liquid, so to speak. But I, again, without more testing, I wouldn't know for sure. Deception? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 16. So what are you offering? Well, 200's a little steep, being as neither of us are 100% sure of what it will do. So what about 150? Roll persuasion. 21. She looks at it, looks at you. 175? Split the difference? How big is the vial? It's like a... It's a single use, yeah. I mean, you could, like, do tests on it for a good degree of time, but it's like palm... Palm size. Okay. Yeah. So, like, three, four inches long at most. Yeah, give or take. Okay. I didn't know if it was, like, a awkwardly shaped one or something. You know, it is very pretty. And I do, you know, as I'm wearing, like, kind of orangey and yellowy robes and stuff, I do think it would look rather nice around my neck. I'll go ahead and... I'll take the 175. She nods a little more happy than, you know, the initial offer of 150 and will hand it over to you, shake your hand, and take the 175. <laughs> I got a new bobble. Yep. But all right. That takes you, like, several days to kind of go around. You ask around. You find some stuff. Like, there's also a lot of points that you find, like, very useless stuff that's worth nothing. A couple of stuff that, like, the value they're asking for matches, like the actual value of the item and they won't barter down stuff like that yeah. but this like out of all of it this is the stuff that like like they sought me out like hey I got this cool these item. are the neat ones yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we'll also say throughout this Dahlia you're just kind of keeping in contact with the other clan uh, crafters and making deals and we can work out like any specifics of that later like they'll basically they are signing a deal to work with you first one time to show proof of skill with the condition that if you are successful in meeting like certain demands or certain requests, they will then establish further deals in a more permanent contract is what it winds up. Very being typical there. contract. Yeah. Okay. And then Auric, let's go ahead. And you wanted to go see your childhood home. Yeah. And try and find uh, just like that little neighborhood and whatnot. See how things have changed. Are you taking us on a tour or are you just going by yourself? Unless you say something that you wanted to do it, otherwise he would just go on his own. But I mean, if you say, oh man, I, I really wish to go on a tour of the place, then he'd probably show you around. Yeah, I would absolutely mention that. Oh, I wonder I wonder if there are tour guides around that can show me. Actually, Oric, you're from here. I mean, I know it's been a while, but... Uh, it's 
been a while, but I wouldn't mind seeing some of the old sites, see how things have changed. I'll tag along, and I'll be quiet, mostly. Okay. So you guys spend a day where Oryx showing you around in general. Is there anything that you would show them? You'd just be like, oh, that's the Temple of Yadamine where I prayed growing up. That's where I used to spend a lot of time as a kid playing. Um, that's where my family home is type of deal. Yeah, pretty much just that. I would definitely ask a lot of like really weird mundane questions like, how many friends did you have? What games did you play? Did you win? Did you lose? How do you win? Just like random questions as we're walking. I will say, Oric, when you go to your old childhood home, it's it's been kind of like redone and fixed up even more. Like you see they've expanded a bit and now there's a new family living there, the Frostbeards. If you actually go up and knock on the door and like go to talk to them because dwarvish hospitality is what it is, they would immediately, I come on in. Yes, they see the place. I bring your friends, bring your friends. You want a drink? You want food? Are you hungry? Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. And they will almost pull you into the home <laughs> to show all of you around and ask you what life was like here growing up a little bit, Auric, um, as a kid, because you lived like right after the cataclysm. You were living here and stuff like that. But basically, they will feed you a meal if you go there, no matter what time of day it was. That <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I'd also ask a lot of polite questions to the Frostbeards about what life is like in the city. What is um, what does everyone do for fun here? What 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 are some of the, be- the biggest trades in the city? It, it's been difficult because you know there's been all these you know blasted curse, but uh, there's been all these difficult things that have been happening on and off. They are very happy to have the forge that's uh, deep in the back room of the house, you know, being a full of uh, smiths in your family, Auric. But yeah, they'll just share stories of, like, day-to-day life in town. Blasted curse. <laughs> Blasted curse. Every few sentences, right? Every so often, like, if they start talking about something, like, not traumatic, but just, like, negative in general as to what happened. Got it. The catch-all. Kind of. Bad luck. Alright. And then Luvin, so you got your tour. I did. At some point, I'm assuming you're stopping by the apothecary. Yes, I am. What was the the guild leader's name again? Rogi, R O G U Y. Okay. So he'll happily talk shop with you unless there's something specific you want to. No, mostly mostly talking talking shop. I mentioned that I, I sold some uh, healing potions a few days ago. A- ask what the apothecary business is, is, how it's doing, holding up despite the cataclysm of events, and I guess if. If there's anything that a budding apothecary could really want to see while they're here. He will show you like this almost little farm he has where you see several types of fungi and stuff like that that he's growing to help uh, create things. Not the type of stuff you would have seen. This has different like there's little fungi that actually just glow and he'll tap it and it'll stop and he'll tap it again. It'll glow again. There's others that he comments that if he were to like cause a fire near them they would light for a while but to be very careful because they have a chance to explode <laughs> Fun. <laughs> stuff like that i show much interest and ask a lot of clarifying questions like oh yeah where, where do you find these kinds of and just try to get all the tools of the trade that are politely offered he'll comment that he these are a lot of various uh underdark fungi that he has slowly been like trying to plant closer to the surface and create like test their alchemical uh, uses for. Okay. Yeah. If, if you'd ever like any um, any any more hands to help with uh, some research, let me know. I'd be very interested. 
he'll take you up on that for a couple of days. Yes. So we'll we'll say like you learn a little bit about various underdark fungi and their okay. properties during that time. So you get to do some research. Beyond that, um, we'll say like towards the end of like the various fifteen days where you guys have finally been selling the last of the stuff that you've acquired and refurbished. Oric has some nice new plate. Like you thought his splint armor was nice. That doesn't compare to this. Culmination of all of his research and studying, pouring into the plate. I know you guys wanted to share some info. So we can say like, you know, as you're having dinner on the 20th of Othwe. Okay. After like several days, you guys, Luvin's had a chance to read some letters. Dahlia's got some nice new like trinkets. Yeah, I'd definitely be showing them off. I, I would show off the the little one first, the iron cobalt piece, and then show off the, the new pretty necklace. Ooh, I, I take a look at them. Of course, always looking for magical properties, but I assume I find none on those. No, on the necklace you would. It's the, the vial. Oh, right. You, you wore it around the neck. Yeah. Do I need to roll an arcana check on that, Tony? Or you could just identify it. I do that. Okay. Leuven, you learned that this is a, seems to be kind of a specially made potion that whoever did this took an actual ooze, refined it, and used magic to temper it. And it provides, for one minute, resistance to acid damage and immunity to lightning and slashing damage. Ooh, I babble on about what I learned. Oh, also, it could cause, like, your skin to feel a little bit, like, more fluid. Ooh, like oozy? For that one minute. Like, might burn when you drink it a little bit, but... As good whiskey does. Wow, this is such a great find. Uh, how much did you say you paid for this? 175 I can't imagine a better deal than that. Wow. Yeah, this is a great single-use item. Definitely hold on to it. Or if you like, I can always do some research and see if there's a way we can apply this to more stuff. Your choice. And I hand it back. Yeah, I'll think on it, because I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, if it was made from an ooze, though, to reproduce it, we'd probably have to get an ooze. Would we not? Most likely. There might be other materials that could emulate it, but that would be the most surefire way, certainly. Tony, would I know where an ooze even is located? Is that an underdark thing? Underground, in general. Auric would know all too well oozes are annoying, and they break down armor. Sometimes they don't break down armor, they just clean it, but the person inside is no more. <laughs> Not the ideal way to polish your armor. Luvin, you would know that you could probably find things to emulate the uh, specific effects of this if you study the material, but to emulate all the effects in a single thing, you'd probably need another ooze. Okay, I would share that. Potentially, we could even find those in the underground here in Von Rem, couldn't we? Probably best to avoid them when possible. But just think how much money we could make if we could reproduce multiple vials of this. Would definitely sell more for the, than the uh, 50 per healing potion I've been making. It's hard to sell anything when you've been dissolved from your armor. Well, don't get dissolved. It's pretty simple. Nora walks by. I'm assuming you guys are eating. Like, hey, that's always a good uh, bit of advice. And she plops another ale in front of you. Thank you, Nora. A pleasure. And I will say, because of Oryx clan affiliations, uh, you do not spend money on room and board at any point during this. Yeah. So Sweet. there's nothing you need to spend. Wow. Yeah, that's all I would be doing, showing off and talking about all the various small, nonsensical trinkets I saw out in the bazaar area. Okay. So, like, Luvin, you're, like, every, as everybody's eating and kind of just, like, enjoying, you pull out a couple of letters and... You start to read through some of the letters. 
you see smiles on my face periodically as I'm uh, reading through some of my letters. Uh, I've finally caught up with my backlog, and now I'm going through the new ones received. And um, I, I mention as I open one from my sister, ah, my family's doing well. Uh, I kind of laugh at uh, some of her flustered response to, to uh, some shenanigans going on between myself and some of my other siblings. Next, I would probably... Um, you would see some color creep into my face, and uh, by now you would know that I'm probably reading a letter from Isaac. So that happens. <laughs> Luvin turns a little bit red as he's reading this letter. Is it, is it juicy? Is it good? Salacious, even. I would slide the... It's not anything scandalous. It's some longing, some cheesy love poetry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Of the kind that by now both of you and probably Elaine too have seen me write as well to him. We're aware of it. So I I go through that one. I read one from uh, Robin talking about Amaran's fried fish and uh, uh, its tastiness. Um, just uh, also giving me some feedback about some some other stuff that I've mentioned about my hardships along the way, and actually encouraging me to open up to my party members more, which I, I, I have a momentary thoughtful look like, have I not been doing that? I thought I was doing that. To be fair, there are certain things that maybe I've mentioned to my party members, but uh, like, you know, the horse incident from when I was a teen that I mentioned, but then mostly try and tuck away in a box and pretend not to be traumatized by it, try to fool myself. It doesn't work. I actually show a lot of excitement where I'm like, whoa, my my friend Schultz uh, in Amaran just got a big promotion or two. That's cool. He's the constable now in the city guard. Aye, a noble profession. It's good to have friends in, in higher places as well for when we maybe get in trouble. Why would we be getting in trouble? I just said maybe. I didn't say we would. I said maybe. Yeah, I, you know, I usually don't think about it in those terms. I just think of pen pals as pen pals. But I guess you're right. I mean, I know a lot of people from a lot of like, a lot of different places, and that might have some advantages as we travel. Could get us, like, audiences with people we might not otherwise be able to see. Yeah, a variety of uh, professions. What? My eyes scan over um, another letter as I'm saying that. Some letters that I've been receiving from uh, from my friend Vel, one of whom I thought was a politician, but apparently is more more wants to be a politician. So that's that's news to me. Okay, she's being followed by someone. Someone broke into her home. Uh oh. How close is Rumdeheim, Oric? I'm I'm a little still brushing up on my geography of this region. Oh, I'd say it's a little less than a ten day from here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little concerned for my friend. Don't know if we'll have time to go out that way, but if, if possible, just a request from me on that. They live out in Rumnheim? Yeah. Would they be a dwarf? Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay, setting setting that aside for now. Uh, I'm going to mark that down as something to read again later. I go through now one more set of letters uh, from my friend uh, Boren in, in Halimion back in Solana. Someone who's actually, I've mentioned, was my mentor in in painting and the arts. Who has a kind of a second home in Aliabel. First, he's kind of talking about uh, uh, just how things are and and how things are going with with his wife, Asala. Probably one of my only pen pals that I've actually met, other than my sister, of course. 
Well, and my cousin. <laughs> but that's implied now. We're traveling together. Yeah, first just talking about the mundane daily life stuff. Uh, reminiscing on some of our old times together and uh, talking about how he he thinks the uh, Holy Forge company will be great for me to help accomplish my goals. So any servant of Yadamine tends to be a pretty good dwarf, in my opinion, if a little hard-headed. Sounds like a wise man. <laughs> <laughs> I like him already. This is now on... The, that first um, one that I mentioned was um, very early on in our in our travels. Actually, the, the day that um, we entered the Regorum, and he talked about how he just had this weird, this feeling that today will be the start of great adventures for us, which, you know, was warm and fuzzy as I, as, as I calculated for a moment and realized, aww, that was the start of a grand adventure. So the next one is on the first of Leif Nui. That previous one was 19 Can Hui. Asks me how I'm doing, talks about how, you know, hasn't heard from me in a while, but not surprising given where, where we're at. But just had this feeling that something's wrong and kind of started thinking of me. Not too much exciting happening here, but something just doesn't sit quite right. Uh, don't worry about this old elf, Luvin. I promise we're doing fine. It probably would occur to me right then. Huh. That coincided with the day that uh, Bai attacked us. And uh, stream of consciousness, I am kind of mentioning this as we go along, although saying old Fay instead of Bai. You know she can't hear us out here. Right? You're out of the Regorum, you're safe. Oh, good. I, I, I can say, say Biogosto, I know that. Okay. I mean... I wouldn't go spewing it around, but... No, no, I was only doing it out of character paranoia, but if I can be confident that I can say the name without being spied on, I'm doing that. This next one, 15 uh, Anshui, year 322. Let's see, Start, starts with a jovial greeting. I had mentioned in one of my letters that I was um, going to practice a little cataclysm, you know, that Auric had made me, that, um, but I guess that I was going to ask... Oric to, to make me a cataclysm set. And uh, we, we had played some back then, uh, Boren and I, so he's happy about that. And of course, art and, and life and just general stuff. Glad to see him soaking it all in. On a more strange and serious note, Luvin, uh, today felt different for some reason. I'm still feeling strange, but it feels more like I know of something happening across great distances in my dreams. Not sure how to interpret that, but I am going to go talk to some friends in Aliabel and see if they've heard of anything like that before. Enjoy your travels. Uh-huh. And then his final letter to Luvin. By the way, that one happened... That was dated the day after our big battle uh, helping Boulder. Uh, okay. This one's from the 4th of Athui. What's today's date, Tony? The 20th of Athui. This is pretty recent now. Right before my birthday. Basically, yeah. Okay. I'll be more specific. The day before you arrived in Vun. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, as I did with the previous letter, I'm reading this verbatim at this point because I'm just like, what's going on? For Athui 322, Luvin, I know you have wanted to see the world, and you know I have always wanted to help you with that. I am glad you have had the opportunity to do so, but it seems as if you are stuck in the Regorum. I am feeling something strange within me as well, and I am not sure what it means, but I am going to try something. But I have no idea how this will work or what will happen? I can only hope for the best and always know that... My intentions are good. Wish me luck, Boren. Wh what? What does that mean? It's rather vague. Does, does 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 he have something to do with us arriving here? I mean, the math checks out, but is he that kind of powerful? 
Does he have that kind of magic? Not that I know of. I wasn't aware of him having any magic. Do you have a magical paintbrush that can, like, if you paint somebody in an area, they wake up there? No, but let me write that down for later. (laughs) Scrying paintbrush? Teleportation brush. (laughs) Brush of teleportation. Oh, okay. Weird stuff is going on with a couple of my friends. That one's going to be harder to to investigate right now, but I'm going to write both of them back. Probably should. Okay. Sorry, I'm just... It's, this, this is this is a this is a little sudden for me. My uh, my stuff is usually not this shocking. Point to the like scandalous poetry letter. Mm, definitely not as shocking. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's new with me. I was gonna tell you about the stuff I learned visiting with Rogi. Yeah, I, I have notes here, uh, and I kind of half-heartedly go through some of the stuff I learned, but clearly. My mind is on other things now. Hmm. Well, we know we're, we're probably going to go to Rumnahine. Rumnah. How do you say it, Eric? I'm probably butchering it. Rumnaim. That. We're going to go there because, one, there's a false Holy Forge company that's in that we're. And I'm gonna, like pointing up at the side of the Krogmar. Krognar. Krog, jeez, I'm terrible with names today. He took off on the ship and he said that he saw your ship, your, your, um, shop there. Aye, that is very troubling. Yeah, I thought that was weird too. So we'll go bust some skulls, or light them on fire. Or contact the proper authorities. Mm, okay, yes. Start with politeness, uh, defend ourselves if, if necessary. Kill right? them with kindness, yes. And fire. There's an order about these kinds of things. I imagine as Dahlia is pulling out a little stick from the tinderbox. <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> it has been quite a while since I've gotten to play the fire, guys. So, you know, maybe getting itchy over here. And then we can also, while we're there, check on your friend Vel. So we'll check on her. We'll check on the Holy Forge Company. I think that's a good place to go next. Because you said it's less than a 10-day. It's not even that far. Uh, it's not that far. I'd really appreciate that. Thank you. Quick question, Luvin. Where where does Isaac live? Oh, uh, Isaac lives in Orenthal. Hmm. I think that's going to be added to our list of places to go soon. Yes. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to meet him. I'm really nervous about it, but I'd also love to meet him. We'll give you a nice hat to impress him. Yeah, make me dapper. Oh, yeah. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules is Written. Or check out our website at dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to the DM Tony at dm at dndraw.com. Also, subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And if you're interested in supporting the show, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw.